Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning. It is time to get up with trash talk in the title game. Did you hear how the Bengals are taunting the home team? Is that the worst thing they could possibly do? Meanwhile, the D in Big D stands for demand, which Mike Mack remains. But there is one key piece that may not be back. We'll tell you what that means. And then my hopes are up. I'm connecting dots. I'm speaking it into existence. Does yesterday's news mean what I think it does? We're going to find out. Oh, it's a football Friday, people, and it starts right now. Let's go. As we get ready for championship weekend, we welcome you to get up presented by IHOP and take a look at the crew that we have put together for you this morning. Ninko is ready to go. Diana Rossini is ready to go. Ryan Clark is up early this morning as we count the hours away until we get two classic championship games. The point spread suggests we are on our way to a fabulous Sunday. We'll begin in the AFC Championship rematch in Kansas City in a stadium that many Bengals are now calling Burrowhead instead of Arrowhead. That's just part of the trash talking. Listen to Willie Gay and Jamar Chase. They've got a lot to say. What is it about that Bengals offense that maybe impresses you the most? You played Nothing. it a few times? Nothing. Okay. Right. <laughs> Willie Gay was asked uh, what impresses him about the Bengals offense today. He said nothing. Willie, the linebacker. Yeah. I ain't got no response for him. We're going to get him. I ain't got no response. <laughs> there is nothing better than pretending you don't know who someone is. Yeah. All right, RC, let's go. You're a veteran of a whole lot of big playoff games that involved a whole lot of talking. I, I personally like it, do you? <laughs> no, I don't like it. Listen, we thought that after last year's divisional playoff round and the year before the AFC championship between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, that this was our new Brady and Manning when you look at Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Well, it's actually turning out to be Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. And when you have these rivalries, there's usually this mutual respect. Also, when you have rivalries, both teams win. But right now, it's only the Cincinnati Bengals that are winning these games against the Kansas City Chiefs and when you listen to the Burrowhead and some of the things coming out of Cincinnati, they're talking like a team that feels like they own the other. And then the saltiness and the chippiness from a guy like Willie Gay when asked about the Cincinnati Bengals offense to say nothing, well he's lying because everything <laughs> about this offense impresses you. All of the skilled players, the quarterback, the way that they the way that they move in and out of the run to the play action pass, to the short passes, to different type of disguise is and creativity. All of that junk is good. And so if you're Willie Gay and you're being honest and you haven't been beat three times out of the last three times, you say that. But isn't this what we want? Right? Mm -hmm. We want two teams that don't like each other. We want two teams that don't respect each other, that possibly have the best two quarterbacks in the entire world facing off in the AFC Championship for the second year in a row. This is the type of tension that you need. But better believe it, Willie Gay knows who in the hell plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, <laughs> plays for the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Cincinnati Bengals really don't care who plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. You know what's been fascinating to me, Diana, is getting to know Ninko here. 
is that when this came up yesterday, I, I, we found this yesterday uh, during the show, and he immediately goes directly into Belichick. He well, immediately. Well, well, Bill's calling him on the phone. I don't like it. Say nothing. His I mean, reaction, what are we doing? <laughs> Why don't you like it? I mean, what are we doing, Greeny, here? Come on. Jeez. But, uh, you know what's surprising, though, is, you know, RC, the Steeler, doesn't like the trash talk. They, I mean, <laughs> the Steelers and trash talk. Come on, they used to stand at the 50-yard line. Like, you know, I remember Joey Porter, he'd have his shirt up, he'd be flexing. You know, he did a lot of triceps and biceps. I never saw him on the squat rack. Though, but if you kidding. lifted as much as Joey did upper body, you would too. <laughs> no, I was with Joey. I remember Joey in Miami. Anyway. anyway but, 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 but does it – you, you're just giving them motivation. What is it you don't like about it? I just – because Bill wouldn't look, like it. This matchup, it's not like they were blowout matchups. They're nine points separate the three victories. True. Field goals. Yeah. Field goals. So all field goals. If it was uh, you know, 14 points, 21 points, those are the ones where you're really like, okay, we blew the doors off these guys. They didn't even stand a chance. They're basically a series or a play away from winning and losing those matchups. I get it. They're 3-0. and But at the end of the day, they got to win Super Bowl here. Like, they have to get to a Super back to where they were last year and actually win it before I can crown them as the, you know, Burrowhead Stadium and all these things that's going into this thing. I get it. It's great. It's a rivalry. It's a matchup. But yeah. still got to have a little bit of respect here. <laughs> They've got the chip, right? You were telling oh, me this yeah. morning, Diana. They're just a chip kind of team. That It kind of reminds me when Mariah Carey was asked about J-Lo. Mariah said, I don't know her, right? It's like now like the famous burn, right? And and when you say I don't know them, you know exactly who they are. It's mm -hmm. just your way of trying to get out of it. And the Bengals have done a really good job of keeping those receipts over the last two seasons. They've got T-shirts weekly. It's like one thing for a team to have a T-shirt that represents the year, the message for the team. Yeah. They literally have a new T-shirt every week. And we saw him last week tell Tracy Wolfson right after the game, get those refunds. And I remember hearing the interview in the press box thinking, wait, they used the fact that the AFC Championship game had a neutral site as motivation? And they were selling tickets. Zach Taylor is doing an incredible job of finding pieces of motivation to get this team going. And it's hard. We're in week, what, 21 now to be able to continue to find ways. And look, this team is united on that front. And it works. Uh, so, so all of that is fun. And it's great for people like us. It does not, however, necessarily impact what happens once the ball is kicked off on Sunday. No. What does is the ankle of Patrick Mahomes. And so, Diana, I circle immediately yeah. back to you. We have all been studying the tape, uh, watching everything. This, of course, is when he got hurt last Sunday against, or last Saturday, I should say, yeah. against Jacksonville. But we've been watching, literally watching him walk to and from a yeah. podium has been fascinating. What do we know about the game? No, and I'm going to be watching that tape on Sunday at the game during pregame to see how much tape he's actually using for that ankle. Yeah. He, he's not breaking stride. That, that's a really good sign, right? And that's his plan foot, his right ankle. That's obviously going to be crucial. But I still think the big question remains. We know he can drop back and pass. But how much is he going to be able to move? We saw in the last matchup against the Bengals, his creativity, his mobility was a gigantic reason why they had success. So what does this Kansas City Chiefs offense look like without that? We saw a little sliver of it mm -hmm. against the Jags, right? Short passes. It, it still works. You know Andy Reid's going to be able to come up with a game plan. And that's really what I have my, high, my eye on, Mike. How much are they going to keep this offense balanced? Because you're going to probably have to run the ball a little bit more rather than what we've seen in the past where it's long, deep shots. It's going to have to be more even. 200 yards passing, 200 yards on the ground. So, uh, RC, let me put this as simply as I can. 
If Mahomes' mobility is limited by this, there's two pieces of the ankle. Can he plant and throw on it? Everyone seems to think the answer to that is yes. But if his mobility, that's the second piece, is limited, all those crazy off-schedule plays that he makes, if he can't do all that stuff, how much does it impact this game? Well, first off, if they're expecting to run for 200 yards, then this is a different Kansas City Chiefs team than I've ever seen. And they're playing a Cincinnati Bengals defense that's going to lose Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, and Logan Wilson at the backer if they think that that's going to happen. But when you watch Patrick Mahomes move around the way he has throughout this week, and you think about some of the plays he was able to make in the second half against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think we may be overblowing what's going on with his ankle. Patrick Mahomes is a guy that can throw from different arm angles. He understands manipulating the pocket in a way with his mind and his body where he could step up. He doesn't have to be Lamar Jackson. We're not asking him to be Jalen Hurts. His mobility is to create second play opportunities for guys like Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster. And I believe that he'll be able to do that. Now, we've seen some plays throughout the postseason of Patrick Mahomes getting first downs with his legs, turning those things into touchdowns as well. We may not see that type of mobility from him, but I believe he'll have enough to manipulate the pocket and still show the world that Patrick Mahomes is about his mind and his arms as much as he is about his mobility and his legs. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with RC. And, and as, a, as a DB, RC understands plaster. The term plaster, what that is, is when the quarterback gets outside the pocket. As a defensive back, you just have to find a guy and you have to get on a guy because it's so hard as a cover guy when the quarterback extends a play outside of the pocket to create coverage in three, you know, Three seconds, four seconds. Right. Beyond that, it's right. basically impossible. So you're, if guys are close to the boundary, you're trying to push them out. So, again, the, the ability for Patrick Mahomes to extend plays is what creates a lot of those secondary plays mm-hmm. where it's just backyard football. Okay, so Kelsey, for example, they played so long together yeah. that he knows, okay, if the play breaks down and I'm not getting the ball right now, I know where I'm going to go in the zone. So that, that's what makes Kansas City so special, that ability to just backyard football. That's the stuff to watch with Mahomes on Sunday. How is he moving around and extending plays, and yeah. is that having its usual impact? Meanwhile, the NFC game is the early game. The Niners and the Eagles uh, in Philadelphia, and it's a game that features the youngest quarterback matchup ever in a conference title game. You got Brock Purdy, you got Jalen Hurts. Their combined age, 47 years and 208 days. I'm eight years older than that. In the meantime, 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy, just the fifth rookie to start a conference championship game. He'll be seeking to become the first ever to start in a Super Bowl if they should get there. On the other side, you got Hurts. 20-3 and three in his career when the Eagles are favored. That's second best of any quarterback in the Super Bowl era. And Vegas likes the Eagles, but only by a smidge. They're currently a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this matchup. It has sat at that number pretty much all week long. It would be just the second time San Francisco has been a betting underdog all year long. It was a one-point dog to Kansas City in Week 7. That's a game the Eagles lost by, excuse me, the 49ers lost by 21 points. So, RC, let me come back to you. What is the most important thing when, when the Eagles offense is on the field and the 49ers defense is on the field? What's the most important thing you'll be watching for? 
Listen, it's about explosive plays. It's about how do we get chunk plays against the San Francisco 49ers who love to make the offenses learn earn points the hard way, the long way, with long drives and continuing to accumulate first down. When you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, they led the entire league in explosive plays with over 130 of those, and that's the A.J. Browns, that's the run game, that's the Devontae Smith, obviously Jalen Hurts. How do we create that in both the run and the pass against D'Amico Ryan's defense? Let's go back to what we saw with Jared Stidham and the Las Vegas Raiders a few weeks ago. They were able to create 11 of those such plays and 9 in the pass game. If Jalen Hurts, a guy who has been great pushing the football down the field, when he gets those one-on-one matchups, understanding who's the guy between Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, and also Devontae Smith, and putting the ball in pinpoint accurate spots in order to create those plays, he's going to have to do some of that this week. But in order to do that, you have to control this pass rush and Nick Bosa, which I think you do with the run game. You get into some of the zone reads, some of the RPOs, have him guessing on his way to the quarterback, and that's how you create these plays. If the Eagles are able to do that, I think they win this game, and I think they win it much easily or much easier than we're expecting because those plays are huge against this defense. It's a great point because if there is a weakness in the San Francisco defense, it is the further you get away from the football on the line of scrimmage, right? They're unbelievable up front, but if you can find a way to neutralize that, the secondary can be beat a little bit. Yeah, you know, again, the zone read is going to be key here. Bosa and playing against the zone read. So this play here is a misdirection, and it it stops your feet, and that flashback of the tight end, it messes with your eyes. So anything that messes with your vision Mm -hmm. and something coming back to you on the mesh of the football and the quarterback, that's where you can be in trouble. And then, again, they're a pass-rushing football team. So what do you do? You take advantage of guys running up the field and opening up big lanes like this. So this front, the 49ers front, number one, they got to stop the zone read. If you can stop the run early, then you can pin your ears back and go get the quarterback. And, Diana, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, he, you used the word plaster before when we were talking plaster, about the yep. other game, right? The, the 49ers defense, they're so sound. You hit three, four, five seconds. Got to get it out. It, it, it makes it tougher, right? Yep. So, yes, lots of eyes are going to be on A.J. Brown, but I think this is the kind of game with Devontae Smith. This is where he steps up big and becomes a crucial part of this offense. All right, we will make our predictions for both of these games as the hour continues. Meanwhile, there's a lot of other news around the NFL on this Friday. The Cowboys, uh, they keep one big name yesterday. So why do we believe there are still significant changes on the way? You'll find out why next. Plus, another offseason, another beautiful mystery. Did a move to a new neighborhood become a reality for Mr. Rogers yesterday? I've got the details on the way. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. 
One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Get Up is presented by IHOP. The Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity Breakfast Combo is back for a limited time. Uh, speaking of being back, Dan Quinn is going to be back. Uh, he has informed the Cowboys that he will return as a defensive coordinator next season after taking three head coaching interviews. Also coming back is the head coach, Mike McCarthy. He was talking about it yesterday. Listen to this. I'm excited about the future. I'm, I'm excited. The players give me great confidence and, and excitement and energy about this championship program that we feel like we're, we're building and, and have a chance to take it to the next step. As far as my relationship with Jerry, I, you know, um, just using his word, we're in an excellent spot. The partnership that we have, he's, he's excited about. He told me a number of times this, you know, this week that he wants me to coach here as long as Coach Landry did. And I said, okay, you know, that's, that's a long time. <laughs> God bless the Cowboys. Uh, it can't just be he's coming back. He wants it. He was the coach for 29 years, to be clear. Tom Landry coached the Cowboys for the first 29 years of their existence. And by the way, the first thing Jerry Jones did when he bought the team was fire Tom Landry. But that's a whole different. Quickly, catch me up before I get to. Look, the. the, the his job is safe. McCarthy. It, McCarthy's job is safe, but it came with having to fire a lot of guys on his staff that he has been with for a long time. Right. This isn't, these aren't assistants that he just hired over the last three years. These guys go back all the way to his days in Green Bay. So uh, there was obvious conversations that were had between Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy of, you're staying, but changes are going to be made here, especially around this offense. In terms of Dan Quinn making the decision to stay, he feels that he still has business to take care of. He feels like he still can accomplish more there in Dallas, and obviously he's done a really good job with his defense over the last few seasons. RC, why were you making that face? Come on, y'all. As long as Tom <laughs> Landry was there, cut that out. <laughs> Ain't nobody coaching as long as Tom Landry coached no more. Tom yeah. Landry coached the Cowboys like a regular 9-to-5 job, as if he had gone to high school and majored in coaching in college, and then he got the job and worked his way up to be at the top of the organization. Ain't no way that man told Mike McCarthy that. They was joking. That might have been tongue-in-cheek. They might have talked about that at the pajama party before he was hired. But ain't nobody coaching. 29 years, y'all. And if you go coach 29 years, they don't make you fire half of your staff. That's not the way it works. Yeah. It's trouble in Dallas. And this is a last-ditch effort to see if Mike McCarthy with the new construct in the coaching staff can find a way to win more games than they won oh. this year. Can find a way to get to an NFC championship. That's what this is about. This is the last-ditch effort to say, here's how you continue to keep your job, Mike McCarthy. And the one thing, that, that's a really interesting way to look at it. And the one thing he did not do, Diana, let me circle back to you, was commit to Kellen Moore. Yeah. They have such high-profile coordinators. 
So Dan Quinn is coming back. Kellen Moore did not get the head coaching job in Carolina yesterday. That went to Frank Reich. Yeah. And they they said he will be evaluated. That was the word they used yesterday. Yeah, that's never a great way to put somebody that's going to stay in the position, right? right? We're still evaluating, which means your decision hasn't been made up. If they were full-blown behind him in support, they would have said, he's our guy moving forward. They've done that with Mike McCarthy. He shared how our opening was about his job security. So there, there's obviously some questions here surrounding whether or not Kellen Moore stays in place. And look, guys, just a few weeks ago, I sat here at this desk. And we were singing the praises of Kellen Moore mm -hmm. and how quickly this all changed, obviously, knowing that Dallas was was booted out of the playoffs uh, as early or uh, as they did. So um, they're going to take a look at, at his at his work as a whole, and, and we'll see. But for, for now, it's, he's being evaluated. <laughs> what do you think of the whole thing, Ninko? I think it was that last play. Everyone's like, yeah, what? What the heck was yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is great on paper. Guess what? We're going to put <laughs> Zeke right here. He's going to snap the ball. It's yeah. going to work awesome. Yeah. I swear. Let's walk through it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the That's game two is like, seasons in a row. Dallas, yeah. Dallas so, I mean, season ends because the, of a bad uh, – on, on ridiculously the, yeah. bad the last plays. I don't like about it is, you know, you let go six of your assistant coaches, George Edwards, your linebacker coach, coach uh, you know, very good coach. So – I don't understand how letting those guys go is going to help you with the, the, you know, that's the reason. The assistance, yes, let's move this on from the assistance. That's how it always works, Rob. Like, you come know on. this is how it is. Yeah, I know. Works. That's it what does, the owner does usually, when he wants to make a change and doesn't want to fire yeah, the head coach usually, for whatever you know, reason. Usually, you know One more year. Yeah, that's One the point. One more year. Yeah, you just so keep pushing the ball down. That's it. Just yep. roll it down. Look, it, it's impossible. Look, this is a morning of connecting dots, and we'll get to the Aaron <laughs> Rodgers dots a little bit later. But it's impossible to look at Dan Quinn yeah. pulling himself out of head coaching opportunities yeah. to go back to Dallas and not assume it, that there's some kind Conversation there has there. to be. And look, I'm a reporter. I, I, I don't do I don't connect dots, right? I try to get the information. Right. And I don't know of any info that's or a conversation that's been had between Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and, and Dan Quinn. But he was the name that this team was talking about last season during the offseason about perhaps taking over. So you know, it obviously hasn't changed or shifted back to that, but there's got to be some type of future for the Dallas Cowboys and Dan Quinn. I'm, I'm, not a, to come back. I'm not a reporter. I'm very comfortable recklessly speculating <laughs> about all the things that might wind up happening, which we will do as we continue. In the meantime, did you see this game in the NBA last night? Did you see what happened last night in Boston? Celtics and Knicks. Knicks were way ahead, as many as 13 in the fourth quarter, but wait, final minute, Celtics have cut it to two, and here comes Jason Tatum. He's an all-star starter as of yesterday, and there's why the blow by he had 35 we got a tie game next Celtic possession that young man was excited final seconds tick 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 Tatum looking for the win no good Robert Williams blocked and we're going to overtime but a frustrated Ninka who's a Celtic fan in the OT 30 seconds to go same score RJ Barrett gonna get it in the corner Randall with the dish Brunson with the dish RJ with the triple he had 19 Knicks a one-point lead now watch what happens here Next Celtic possession, Jalen Brown fouled with seven seconds left, down by one. He would miss the first. This is the second free throw. He misses them both, two critical misses. The Knicks would get fouled. They would make their foul shots. So now we have 5.7 seconds left, down by three. Tatum for the tie. No good. Wait a minute. One more opportunity. Malcolm Brogdon is blocked. And the Knicks hold on to win. 120 to 7, 117 in the overtime. A thriller last night in the NBA. Meanwhile, back to the NFL as we continue next. Brock Purdy. He's answered every test so far. But can he beat the Eagles with the game on the line, someone here has their doubts. You'll 
hear it. Plus, Joe Burrow has a lot at stake this weekend. Trip to the Super Bowl tops on the list. we got a new catchphrase, and you'll hear it coming up. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to Get Up. We are presented by IHOP. And we are working our way towards conference championship weekend. Let's do uh, the NFC first with a game of more or less. RC, more or less than 68 and a half receiving yards for A.J. Brown. You know what? I'm going to say less. I think the San Francisco 49ers pay a ton of attention to him in this game. Slide the safety to him. Double him from time to time. And that means Devontae Smith, Sanders out of the backfield, Jalen Hurts. Those guys are going to be the guys to get off. And they're going to use Dallas Goddard in between the numbers. So I think less for A.J. Brown because he'll be the guy covered for the big plays. And they'll use those other skill weapons to make the plays that they need to win the game offensively. Remember, he was frustrated with his lack of touches last week. Diana, more or less 98 and a half total yards for Christian McCaffrey. Well, I'm going to say less here. I'm a little concerned about the Cavs still. We know Christian said that he will play. He's not going to miss this. But, you know, Brock Purdy, he's going to be forced into those play actions, those boots, those quick passes. I think they get the ball to Kittle a lot, Samuel, Ayuk. Uh, I just don't think this is going to be kind of day where McCaffrey is going to have more than 98. All right, and next, our DraftKings Sportsbook predictions, which are brought to you by DraftKings. Ninko, let's go to Jalen Hurts. Will he score a rushing touchdown in this game? More or less than .5 rushing touchdowns for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, better be more than .5. So, look, I think they're going to run the zone read in the red zone, like the, the highlight we're watching right now. And he's going to score a touchdown in this game. He's going to have to, I think, .5, definitely not more, more, more. For, for Jalen Hurts, the quarterback, in the red zone. So hard to stop defensively. You know, we've talked so much about him and about the Eagles' offense against the 49er defense that I think the part of this game that is being overlooked is the other side of that. And whether or not Brock Purdy, look, all due respect, what the kid has done is incredible. It is, it is historic in, in a literal sense of the word. But he hasn't seen anything like what these Eagles are showing him either. You've been doing math over there on, on the, the, the rate at which the Eagles sack the quarterback. Yeah, that's a problem if I'm doing the math. I'm not the biggest stat person. But on third down, this stood out to me. The Eagles' sack rate is about 18.2%. That's nearly double the average in the league on third down. So w- what does this mean? 
they're going to be going at this guy, right? So the pressure is going to be on. They're going to be eating him alive if he doesn't get the ball out quickly. So I'm interested to see what this offensive line and what Kyle Shanahan's going to scheme up to protect him because we know one thing about Purdy. It's this – if he starts – to act or try to be creative and try to move outside what Kyle Shanahan wants to do, that's when he gets in trouble, and we saw it last week. That's an incredible statistic. Just think about that for a minute. They sack the quarterback almost one out of every five third downs. And I will add to that, they had they have right now 75 sacks on the season, yeah. including the playoff Ferocious. game. No other team in the league has as many as 60. So it's their pass rush is that much better than everybody else's, RC. So let's live in a world where, where they can make this a game that Brock Purdy has to stand up to that, that he has to handle that pass rush. Again, this is still a rookie with seven starts under his belt. Do you yeah. think he can stand up to that? Well, I don't think it's about Brock Purdy standing up to that. I think it's about the players around him making plays. Brock Purdy has over 1,600 yards passing. 52% of those yards are on yards after the catch. This isn't a dude that's holding on to the football so he can push it down the field. Brock Purdy is a guy that runs Kyle Shanahan's offense. Kyle Shanahan is creative and schemes up, schemes up ways to get one-on-ones in the open field with all of these skilled ball carriers. Brock Purdy has to understand that it's about the run. And if the run takes over this game, if they can be affected, effective in the middle of this Philadelphia Eagles defense, now you get into the play action, which gives you half boots, which gives you rolls, which gets you outside of this pocket. When you talked about how many sacks the Philadelphia Eagles have and you compared it to the rest of the NFL, I don't think that's the impressive stat. I think the impressive stat is the only two teams in the history of sack, of sack stat taking that are better than them are the 84 and 85 Bears. And yeah. Greeny, you remember those teams extremely well. Those are defenses that absolutely dominated football games, and that's the way the Philadelphia Eagles are playing up front. So it doesn't start with Brock Purdy. If this turns into a Brock Purdy go win it against this pass rush game, then the Eagles win this game easily. It's about Kyle Shanahan. It's about the run game, creativity, and yards after the catch. What do you think of it, Nick, of this yeah, defense? I, I think that you're going to have to put Purdy in longer down in distances. And the Eagles, in 18 games, they, they're down in distance-wise, third and long. Other teams are 16 for 97 hmm. in third and long attempts. So what you're going to have to do is win on first down. If you win on first down and don't just let them have easy access, flat routes, check downs, to where you just take it into the rookie's hands, check it down quick, toss it for you know quick routes and, and reverses and all those gadget plays that, that Shanahan likes to play. You gotta make them throw down the field in tight coverage from the pocket. That's how you create a turnover. You know, the, the 49ers have been everybody's sexy pick now, it feels like, and they haven't lost a game yeah. in, in more than two months. But let's put the picks up on the screen. I, I feel like the it's all kind of turning here. We all like the Eagles. Diana's not making picks as she's covering the games this weekend. But we all like the Eagles, and frankly, almost everyone was leaning that way yesterday. So it does feel like it's kind of moving. At least the, 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 the conventional wisdom is moving in that direction. You're not even talking about the superficial element of Brock Purdy at the link. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking the Philadelphia Eagles at home. Nick Sirianni had a message to the fans. Go out there and just be you, and we know what you is. <laughs> You're married to one of them, so you know it uh, intimately. Uh, the Eagles fans are a little different breed. Anyway, DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and this week new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Download the app, use the code GETUP, 
when you sign up. So that's the NFC picture. Let's go to the AFC, either or. Ninko, who will have more receiving yards in this game, Jamar Chase or Travis Kelsey? I'm going with Jamar Chase. I mean, you know that's the go-to guy, Joe Burrow. The, the, the chemistry there we've seen for many years now. So, again, I, I think that he's going to be the go-to guy in these big games for sure. Um, he wins this battle. Uh, Diane, excuse me, RC, more rushing yards, Joe Mixon or Isaiah Pacheco? I'm going with Joe Mixon. I'm going with Joe Mixon because the that Brian Callahan will stick with the run game. He'll continue to give Joe Mixon the ball. And if you looked at what we saw against the Buffalo Bills, that was a huge part of this game getting to the place that it got on the scoreboard. Joe Mixon was physical. They were physical up front. And that allowed them to protect Joe Burrow in the pass. And then Ninko, who will have more passing yards between these two spectacular quarterbacks, Burrow or Mahomes? Well, I gotta go with Joe. I gotta go with Joe Burrow. I mean, listen, I just said Chase was gonna have a big game, so that means that the guy throwing the football is gonna have a big game. The confidence right now is super high. You just look at this offense; they're rolling. So, going with Joe Burrow. He may actually be redefining the concept of the confidence being super high. You may have already seen this on social media this week. In case you haven't, as Joe Burrow was carving up the Bills last weekend, here's a little of how it sounded on the field. Up fakes to the right. Now throws to the end zone. Caught by Hayden Hurst. Touchdown. <laughs> Joe Burrow he yelled. denied it, by the way. He's like, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. We, 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 the tape, don't lie. Uh, Joe Burrow, I'm him. They were a perfect 3-0 against the uh, Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs, by the way. Burrow's the only quarterback to beat Mahomes three straight times. Uh, but, but, R.C., let me come right to you on that. Joe Burrow yelling, I'm him, on the field. What do you think? <laughs> Well, I mean, right now he is Timothy Burrow, and we just have to accept it. When you're Joe Burrow, and basically every large game or big game you've been in for the last four years, you've won or you've played exceptionally well, you have to have that sort of feeling. When we speak of the top quarterbacks in the AFC, coming into this season, it was Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, maybe not in that order, and then it was nobody else. You look at what Joe Burrow was able to do throughout the playoffs last year, and now going into Buffalo and beating Josh Allen after last year's AFC championship beating Patrick Mahomes, it's starting to look like everyone's chasing him at the position. But I'm going to say hold off on that for this reason. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. Let's not start mixing those words or making people get a little bit confused about that. But Joe Burrow has seemed to lead the best team. What defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo has done against the Josh Allens, has done against the Patrick Mahomes, does it seem to be able to be done to Josh, to Joe Burrow against these other teams? When you look at the way he excelled late in the season against Kansas City, now in Buffalo last week, and being able to win in Kansas City, Joe Burrow is the quarterback that everyone seems to be chasing right now. And I believe winning in Kansas City once again in the AFC championship only cements that and now he becomes the Tom Brady of the AFC all over again but it does yeah. right? I mean that's your guy that's the comparison right Ninko I mean it, the, the 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 confidence the way it inspires his teammates to have that confidence and you played with Brady all those years look he's got a long way to go no one is making the comparison yeah. to the totality of the career but it feels similar yeah I, I think it's the confidence and, and it's the teammates they ask the teammates about it and they say because he is because right. he is that guy so I love it. I love the confidence. I, lo I love the production. And when you walk into a game knowing that you have the best guy on the field for your team, it gives you that much more confidence. So, again, the kid's great. 
and, and he's, we're going to watch this, this guy for many, many years to come. And so, Diana, this is your game. Yeah. So unload the notebook. What are all the things well, that you have well, that we're well, come on, What do we have that we're focusing uh, on you, you, this weekend? Ryan actually laid out really pretty much the story of this game. And, it, and it's going to be the Bengals' defense and what they're going to do to stop Mahomes yeah. and this Chiefs' offense. And Adam Bruno has done a really good job of making these adjustments. We see him do it a lot in the second half. And, and I know we've had this conversation in the league. Of, do you really make halftime adjustments? You know who does? The Bengals. Yeah. They do. And it shows. And, and they've yes. had so much success with it. Um, and, and the confidence they have going into Arrowhead is so impressive. Just knowing what they've been able to put together. Because, guys, the Bengals are rolling. They look like the they made the Buffalo Bills look like they weren't even playing football last week. Yep. They were running out the clock in the fourth quarter with eight minutes left. So going into Arrowhead with that confidence, I, I I think this is where the Bengals could have the edge. But of course, we'll see. This is going to be the ankle versus Lou in my mind. Okay, let's put the picks up on the screen again. Diana's not picking games. She's covering this weekend. I'm the only one on Kansas City. RC, why the Bengals? Why do they win? I just watched this team play defense in the last few important games of of the season, both last and this team, and they've actually they've actually been sort of dominant. The way that they've controlled the line of scrimmage, the creativity in which they moved into and out of coverage, and also pressure. I think that's going to be the difference in this game, and the cool and the poise of Joe Burrow and his willingness to do whatever it takes to win. If it's 190 yard passing or if it's 125 yards passing, he's willing to do whatever it takes offensively to put his team in the best possible position to succeed. I believe that combination with Lou Anarumo and what he does defensively is the reason we see the Cincinnati Bengals in their second Super Bowl in as many years. Why Cincy? I love the defense. I like the pass rush. You're going against Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. We don't know what his ankle's going to be like. So yeah. if he can't move and he's in the pocket wounded, I know he can still throw and he's special. But the ability to get in and out of the pocket is what makes that offense so hard to stop. I'm on KC for one reason and one reason Why? only. Because everyone else is on the other side. It's opposite. And I, I, when everyone <laughs> thinks something is going to happen, yeah. it never does. <laughs> so we will see. I've got Mahomes and company on their way to the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, as we continue, I'm hoping soon to have Aaron Rodgers. Could he really be traded this offseason? Was yesterday a sign that something spectacular is about to happen? Look at it up there. Oh, I love it. We're going to connect the dots next. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You're watching Get Up. We are presented by IHOP. And let me get up and go. A lot of sports news out there yesterday. I just want to catch you up on quickly. The Panthers have hired a new head coach. It is Frank Reich. He was the Colts head coach for uh, since 2018, was let go during this last season. He used to play quarterback once upon a time for the Panthers, and now he is their head coach. To the NBA we go. Maverick superstar Luka Doncic uh, left yesterday's game in the first quarter with an ankle sprain. He was named an all-star starter yesterday, leads the league in scoring. Mavericks still held on to win, by the way, beating the Suns 99-95. Men's Australian Open is now set in Melbourne. The finals are set. Novak Djokovic uh, advancing, beating uh, Tommy Paul in straight sense. He's in the Aussie Open final for the 10th time. He will face Stefano Tsitsipas in the finals in Melbourne. And then sneaky big news. The New York Jets have hired Nathaniel Hackett to be their offensive coordinator. A move that adds to the speculation about a potential trade for Aaron Rodgers. Hackett was Rodgers' offensive coordinator for three years in Green Bay. Rodgers won MVP in two of them. Here's Robert Sala. He's got a proven track record of tremendous relationships with all the quarterbacks that he's ever worked with, and he's gotten great, great head head success with all the quarterbacks that he's worked with. The quarterback position, obviously, with all the different interviews, was the number one concern. We're committed to uh, finding a veteran. Uh, we didn't get into names. Did you think about his connections to any particular quarterbacks? You know, it's all surface level stuff, you know, Rich, because it, it doesn't matter uh, what the connections are. Um, everyone's got a connection to everybody in this league. Okay. I'd like to start. Okay, please, start. So, Greeny has only texted me three times in my life. Mm-hmm. The day I got married, the day I had my children, and yesterday. <laughs> get me Aaron Rodgers. That's true. Like, like really? That, yeah. like, first of all, what am I going to do? Oh, yeah, whatever um, but, you but can. That, that you are going to pitch in however you can. We must all out. do whatever like, we can. You're tagging me on every Instagram post with a picture of Aaron Rodgers. Like, stop. We're not going to be able to make it happen because yes. this is the reality. What? The New York Jets are, are open to everything is from what I understand. After this move was made yesterday, Nathaniel Hackett made the offensive coordinator. People there in the Jets organization said, yeah, we are taking a look at everything. But that is not the reason why he was hired to bring in Aaron Rodgers. They believe in his play calling. They believe in his teaching ability. And they believe that they, that he can eventually help Zach Wilson learn this offense. That is why he was hired. You don't want to hear it. Okay, I'm going to pretend you didn't say any of that. <laughs> uh, Ryan Clark, why are you making that face? So we doing this again? We're doing it now. Right. We did what it in again? Denver. When have we ever done we did it before? It in Denver. We, we, we did it in Denver. Oh, Nathaniel Hackett's going to Denver. The whole offseason, we're going to speculate if they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers doesn't go. Nathaniel Hackett is actually terrible at coaching. He's terrible at managing an offense. He's terrible at decision-making. But now let's bring him to the Jets because is it about any quarterbacks that he's connected to? And then Robert Sala, where everybody in this league's connected. At least lie better. You know why you went out and got him. You didn't go get him because he just performed this phenomenal deed in Denver. He actually showed you that he can't command 
command a locker room. He can't hold it in all, all he can't hold it all together himself. And now we're gonna ask that guy to be the offensive coordinator in New York, which is the worst place to be anything and not be good at it, just because he might get Aaron Rodgers understanding what it's gonna take to get Aaron Rodgers to be the quarterback of your team and watching Aaron Rodgers play last year without Devontae Adams and thinking that that's gonna be the guy that's gonna come be the savior of this team that hasn't been to the Super Bowl and I don't know how dang long. We're doing too much, Greeny. You're hoping too much. So as your friend, see, sometimes you got to have people around you that are not yes-men, Greeny. And I know you very successful, super rich types have people around you that are going to say yes to you because you play for every meal. Well, I can pay for my own dang meal, Greeny. So I'm going to tell you, y'all don't want Aaron Rodgers. Y'all don't need Aaron Rodgers. And if you went and got Nathaniel Hackett so you could get Aaron Rodgers, that's a stupid hire. This is not the way to go. Go get the best quarterback you can possibly get for your team, and you want him to have the best offensive coordinator. So if you're doing all of this for a quarterback that in his great career, who is absolutely phenomenal, has won one Super Bowl, been to one Super Bowl, then you're doing it the wrong way. So I'm going to let you down now before the season gets here, and I got to see you sad every Monday morning. All right, so I'm 0 for 2 so far this morning here, and that was, that was a particularly tough one to take. But let me, let me soldier on as best I can, can and turn to my left and see if I get I anything grew. from Ninko. I don't want to pop your birthday balloon like that, okay? <laughs> okay. I want you to be happy. Yeah. All right, I'm I want to see Greeny coming in, ex excited for the season. Yeah. You got Aaron Rodgers. He's with the Jets. They're going to the Super I want to see that Greeny. I want to see a yeah. happy Greeny. I mean, listen, the Jets right now, he just said, what do you say, the head coach? We're looking for a veteran quarterback. Veteran quarterback. What veteran quarterbacks would you want in New York other than Aaron Rodgers? Well, I mean, the names that are out there, people yeah, know are Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo. First of all, yeah. how, what's you Aaron Rodgers going to cost, right? You're talking about multiple first-round draft picks, $50 million for what? Do you think the New York Jets are an Aaron Rodgers piece away from a Super Bowl? Yes, no. I actually do. I actually do. Ryan maybe, Clark, let me come back good. very quickly on that. Ryan, I believe that Aaron Rodgers could make Garrett Wilson into Devontae Adams. And I don't think that's even an exaggeration. I think he's that good with the right quarterback. I think that the defense is elite. I think they have something bordering on elite skill position talent on the offense. If the running back they drafted last year, Brees Hall, is healthy, you need one more, two more pieces on the offensive line. I actually think, I know this sounds ridiculous because it's been 54 years to be exact <laughs> since the Jets were in the Super Bowl, but I actually do think with Aaron Rodgers, they would have a shot at that next year. I think with Aaron Rodgers, they are a playoff team. I haven't seen a team that was a Super Bowl team with Aaron Rodgers since 2010. And unfortunately, they got to play against the Pittsburgh Steelers in that Super Bowl, and I was there. And that team had a number two defense in the entire league. That team found ways to run the football. And so the pieces you're saying that need to be around Aaron Rodgers may be in New York. But Aaron Rodgers is not that same dude, Greeny. And we have to realize that. Time catches up to us all. Is he still one of the best 15 quarterbacks in the entire league? Absolutely. He's only a year removed from winning the MVP twice. But I don't know if putting Aaron Rodgers on that team wins you a Super Bowl. And if you go get Aaron Rodgers, you are hiring a mercenaries. And mercenaries have to kill what they are contracted to. He's going to be contracted to win the Super Bowl, and he doesn't guarantee you that right now in his career.
Okay, fair. Nothing guarantees you that. Let me leave that there for the moment. Uh, we, we only have, you know, weeks and months to continue talking <laughs> about this, and we will. In the meantime, I have to share some sad news for those of us who have been following sports a long time, who love sports, and in particular, college basketball. The longtime college basketball commentator, the legendary Billy Packer, who was the voice of the NCAA tournament for more than 30 years. He died last night. He was the lead college basketball analyst for 34 straight Final Fours, starting at NBC, then moving to CBS. All that time, he was also doing work as an analyst for ACC games on Raycom. He won a sports Emmy in 1993. He was 82 years old. His son, Mark, works for ESPN's ACC network, and so we send our condolences to him and the entire Packer family. We'll be right back. 